Good morning, my friend. Um, I am excited to talk to you again today. Just a little shameless plug that I, I'm sorry, but I will never be consistent with when I upload. So if you're interested in what I'm talking about, if it intrigues you, if you're liking it, uh, do subscribe so that you get notifications of when I upload because it's not gonna be consistent. Also, just letting you know, kids are home today, so if you hear thumping, it's because I'm trying to hide in the basement and record this. So, anyways, thanks for joining me today, and oh, Yahweh is so good. He is teaching me so much, and I just really feel this importance to drive home um, what he is teaching me about his beautiful law, the Torah, um, all of this wonderful stuff that he made for us. And ah, again, if this is hard for you to hear, if you hear the word law and you, your back kind of gets prickly and it doesn't sit comfortably, please try to hear me out and listen to some of these things. Ah, Yahweh has removed the the veil and is teaching me so much. I just want to um, pull up this one beautiful verse in 2 Corinthians. And I, this he's talking about the Jews, um, but I think that it also can apply to us today in how we read the Old Testament. I don't know if you've heard in your churches, um, but I've definitely heard different pastors say that don't don't even worry about the Old Testament. Like they just listen to the new one, you know. Don't worry about the old one. Done away with. Don't have to worry about it. And that's just simply not true. So let's read this here. What is more, their minds were made stone-like, for to this day the same veil remains over them when they read the old covenant. It is not been unveiled because only the Messiah is the ve- is the veil taken away. Yes, till today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But, says the Torah, whenever someone turns to Adonai, the veil is taken away. Now Adonai in this text means spirit. And where the spirit of Adonai is, there is freedom. So all of us with faces unveiled see as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we are being changed into his very image from one degree of glory to the next by Adonai the Spirit. Okay, so I just wanted to start with that and just pray that the veil be removed. So if any of this is unclear, please take it to God. He is so good and he promises us that through the Messiah, the veil will be removed and we'll be able to see clearly. So today we're talking about deception and that's how this kind of all ties in and that in deception, there's been lot, like there's lots of warnings in the Bible about deception and not being deceived. Um, I've seen this tricky thing lately where um, so-called prophets or different preachers are preaching out on things, especially end-time type, type things, and they're trying to assure people, and I get, you know, trying to calm people down, but they keep saying, don't worry, we're not going to be deceived. Don't worry, there's no way that you can be deceived. And I just have to argue that that's simply not true. If from Jesus' own mouth, he warned us over and over again 
that we need to be on the lookout and that we don't be deceived. Clearly, he knew that it would be a problem. It talks about even the elect falling away. So this, this is a big deal. So we need to not be deceived as more and more things seem to be happening at a quicker pace, but we also not, need to not be deceived um, when it comes to matters of the law. And this is where I kind of want to tie this all in, in that Satan has been working overtime for the last 2,000 years to deceive us. It talks about the work of the lawless one, and that that work is already at work. And there's a tie in there. What do you think lawless means? <laughs> um, there's one interpretation in the complete Jewish Bible where it actually says, okay, so I'm going to read this, Second Thessalonians. Um, but it talks about the lawless one being, has come and the man who separates himself from Torah has been revealed. Um, it's just slightly different wording, but it helps us to understand what is being said. For already the separating from Torah is at work secretly, but it will secretly, but it will be secretly only until he who is restrained is out of the way. The one who embodies separation from the Torah will be revealed. So let's read that in our current version, um, which I'll pull from the English Standard. I'll just read the whole thing. Let no one deceive you. So he's already warning us. Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So that's the man who hates the Torah, the man of lawlessness, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember the, that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know that what is and you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the lord jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing the appearance of his coming the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. So all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. <sighs> so deception is a big deal. Um, there's a, I'd like to challenge you to do a couple of quick things. Go on to Bible Gateway and type in the word, do not be deceived, and see what comes up. There's lots, there's lots of warnings for these end times especially, that deception is going to be thick and it's going to be heavy and it's going to be prevalent. I'll just pull out a couple. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. James 1.16, do not be deceived, my brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Um, 
second john 1 7 for many deceivers have gone out into the world those who do not acknowledge yeshua as messiah coming as human flesh romans 3 verse 13 their throat is an open grave their tongues that keep deceiving i'm telling you these things that no one will be deceived but i'm afraid somehow that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds might be led astray from sincere and pure devotion. And then in Revelations, there's tons. He shall come out to deceive the nations, the four corners of the earth. Uh, but this I have against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, yet she is teaching and deceiving my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Um, and then there's another one in Revelations that's quite fascinating to me. The light of the lamp will shine no more in you. The voice of the bridegroom and the bride will be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the princes of the earth. For with your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. And that word sorcery actually translates to pharmakia. So just an interesting little fact there. For your sorcery, for your pharmacia, all the nations were deceived. So it does talk about like his people being deceived. We need to be on the lookout. We need to know the word. We need to know, spend time with God. Like there's no excuse anymore. We have all the knowledge at our fingertips. We can Google anything. <laughs> you can type that stuff into Bible Gateway. Um, there's warnings. My people perish for lack of knowledge. My people go into exile for lack of knowledge. He is warning us and has been warning us for a long time that we need to be on our guard and we need to not be deceived. And in that lies the work of the lawless one, the deceiver. All of this ties together. And I don't know about you, but for me, I've been so taught um, in the church that... To fear legalism. Legalism is a bad thing. Therefore, the word law is a bad word. And so we've been so taught to worry about legalism that we've gone completely overboard, I think, in getting rid of the law. And we've been told it's been abolished or nailed to the cross, all of these things. When in fact, when it's talking about that, He's talking about our sin being nailed to the cross. It's talking about the curse that comes from disobeying the law. Um, Romans, in fact, tells us that like, without the law, we wouldn't know what sin is. The law defines sin. So I'm not talking about man-made law. Let's make that clear. Jesus, in fact, came to you know, call out the Pharisees and all of their man-made doctrine. And we now find ourselves in a current culture, Christian culture, of man-made doctrine, I'm afraid. Well, there's been thousands of years now of different people coming into the church and trying to remove the Old Testament, trying to remove um, the importance of even Jewishness. But we've been grafted in. Like, we should know our Jewish roots. Um, there's been theories of dispensationalism 
and that's an interesting one something that I didn't learn about but if you don't know what dispensationalism dispensationalism is it's some man-made doctrine that was created a couple hundred years ago and not even maybe um, basically breaking down that there's different I don't know it it almost looks like different gods for different times but there's different laws for different times so um, Garden of Eden before the flood after the flood after Abraham um, after Jesus and now Gentiles um, and that it's man-made doctrine dispensationalism but that's it's very prevalent in the church and as such we have somehow clung on to the letters of Paul which are actually only 5% of the Bible we don't have a solid foundation of the Torah which is the first five books of the Bible which is the law so Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy they're all that's all God's law the Mosaic law um, God directly gave words to Moses to write down the law like it's always an Adonai says and Adonai says so it's directly his words his commands for his people they're beautiful works the whole New Testament if we read it as current Christian Gentiles as we like to call ourselves um, without the foundation of the Old Testament and the Torah we're going to read it wrong. Everybody that wrote the New Testament had a foundation of the Old Testament. The New Testament, even Jesus, like the, the works of Jesus as he walked on the earth, he assumes that we already know these things. So if we don't know the Old Testament, if we don't know the Torah, we're going to find ourselves lacking in knowledge. It's just the truth. So when we take Paul and we create doctrine on Paul's letters without having that foundation, it's only 5% of the Bible. And we actually, a lot of the times in the church, we're taking Paul's word as more important even than Jesus sometimes. And that sounds scary to say, but when you actually uncover it, it's the truth. And as such, we've been lied to. We've been deceived. We have been lied to about who our God is and put him in a box and our God does not fit well into a box. So that's hard. And again, if we're, if we're listening to Paul and this idea that he preached lawlessness, it's just simply not true. Let's pull through some of the things that he talks about, about the law. Romans says, Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And Romans 7, um, he says, So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. He, he's telling us here in Romans 7 that without the law, we wouldn't know what sin is. So that's a big deal. And then again in Acts, let's pull that up. And he's being accused here of going against the law. And he says, but this I admit to you, I worship the God of our fathers in accordance with the way 
I continue to believe everything that accords with the Torah and everything written in the prophets. So he's upholding it. So is he contradicting himself? Or do we just not understand some of the things that he's saying? Um, I do talk about that a little bit more in my Paulism podcast. So you can explore those if you want. Um, Okay, let's talk more about deception. So we actually have instructions in the Torah of how to know (laughs) about false prophets and deception. So in... Deuteronomy verse 13. Sorry, I had it. No, here we go. Deuteronomy verse 13. So this is something that when Jesus was walking around, when his disciples were walking around, all the Jewish people would have known this very well. They this is the prophet test. And this is actually applicable for us today even in that this is how we can test for false prophets. Um, And the reality is, is that if Paul or Jesus was actually speaking out against the law, they would have been considered false prophets. And that's a big deal. Okay, everything I command you, you shall be careful to do it. You shall not add to it or take away from it. If a prophet or dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or a wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or the dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know that whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, you shall walk after the Lord your God your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and hold fast to him but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he is taught rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk so you shall purge the evil from your midst So, if they were in fact speaking out against the law, they would have been false prophets. That's a big deal. And then when we're learning about the lawless one, and we're learning about all of these things, we need to realize that the lawless one actually fits this, because he's telling us to fall away from it. And unfortunately, this this teaching this lawless teaching has so infiltrated our churches it's this is a big deal there i was reading my my girl's bible i have two children's bibles and the girls love them but we were trying to learn about some stuff and so i pull up leviticus where i know that these things are we're trying to learn about the feast days and I look where Leviticus should be, and there's no Leviticus. So Leviticus, if you haven't read it, is basically the law summed up. Like that, that's pretty much all of it. <laughs> it is God's law just directly from his mouth to Moses, and that's Leviticus telling us how to live. Kind of a big deal. It's just gone. It is not in the children's Bibles. 
that is a big deal to just remove like it's not just a small section or anything i get that like the children's bibles is a summary but to just completely remove leviticus which in fact is the the book of the bible that jewish children actually learn first this is a big deal this work of lawlessness has been going on for a long time and satan has been working over time to deceive and to remove the law from even the church and this (laughs) is mind-boggling i mean didn't he do this even in the garden of eden did he not deceive eve in the same way in saying did god really say and he's saying the same thing to the church right now did god really say this is this is important we need to know this and just to drive this all home um let's talk a little bit more about is this still applicable do the commands still apply we learn in the new testament that the law is written on our heart right you've heard that before in fact that's not even a new concept it was like it's discussed in the old testament too it's not a new thing the law being written on our heart but when we get the holy spirit he writes it on our heart and it's beautiful and that's where the verse that i talked about at the beginning right um And sorry, <laughs> I'm here looking. Set in Second Corinthians, that verse that I talked about, where through the Holy Spirit we are free, and then like that He is the one that does it. How do I keep losing these pages? Okay, now Adonai in this text means the Spirit, and where the Spirit of Adonai is, there is freedom. So all of us with faces unveiled see in as in a mirror the glory of the lord and we are being changed into his very image from one degree of glory to the next by adonai the spirit um yeah and over and over again it talks about that the law is written on our hearts okay that's wonderful what do we do with that then if the law is done away with what does that mean that makes no sense if the law is done away with but yet the law is on our hearts what does that mean? <laughs> like, you can see where it doesn't make sense. Do we pick and choose the laws? Is it is it only certain ones? Some people say, well, then we just, you know, listen to the ones that are in the New Testament. But even then, we're not listening to them. Um, there's lots of things that are mentioned in the New Testament that we've been taught, like dietary laws and stuff that we don't need to worry about. We just walk around in this huge freedom. It talks about that the spirit of Adonai is there's freedom. What does that freedom mean? Does that freedom mean freedom from the commands of God? Is that really what it's talking about? Or is it talking about, as we dive into Romans, the freedom of the curse that comes from sin? The law of the sinful nature, the law that of sin and death like all of those things those curses that would condemn us 
that is what we're free from. We are free from our sinful nature. It like this freedom is amazing, but we've misinterpreted it for this huge grace freedom. Yes, we are saved by grace through faith. 100%. It also says though that without works faith is dead. <laughs> so where do you go with that? <sighs> I will never stop talking about the importance of God's commands. He, he expects obedience. He wants us to obey. He wants us to follow our, his commands. He's given us beautiful, beautiful commands. And his commands are not grievous. And he even went so far as to write those on our hearts. But that's not our own interpretation of the law. And we need to be careful here because parts of the law are constantly being removed or said that they're done away with and we pick and choose. An interesting tidbit, because this is something that is taught in the church all the time, is tithing, right? We tithe. We're supposed to tithe. God says to test him in this. We hear sermons on it. Did you know that nowhere in the New Testament does it actually say to tithe like it alludes to tithing it talks jesus talks to the pharisees about that they tithe but they ignore the weightier matters of the law and that that's not okay you need to follow all of it um but it just alludes to tithing so where do we get this doctrine this law of tithing and why is that so important in the church it comes from the Torah. It comes from the Old Testament. So why are we picking that one? And at the same time being told that the God's feast days and his Sabbath, um, his dietary laws, those don't matter. Those are done away with. We're free now. We don't need to worry about them. Why? Why are we picking and choosing? It is, our hypocrisy is showing People are seeing it. They're calling it out. Can't hide it when, you, when you're picking and choosing the laws. Oh, so, <laughs> where do we go from here? I would love to talk about that more. Um, I, I just need to nail this home, though, because, again, another thing that we can pull up, go to Bible Gateway, um, type in Commandments. And even select, if you want, only the New Testament, just to really drive this home. Because once you see that God's commands are still important to him, you can't unsee it. It is all through the Bible. It's all through the New Testament. It, As I read the New Testament, I'm like, how did I not see this before? How did I just glaze over this? It makes no sense. Even that one song that we love in the church, the the thousand generations one, The Blessing by Carrie Job. It talks about being blessed by for a thousand generations. Such a beautiful song. But it's missing the word. So that, that song comes directly from the Old Testament, from Numbers. And it's talking about those that follow his commands will be blessed for a thousand generations. Oh, <laughs> why is that part missing? Okay, let's read this. Let's nail this home. Let's show the importance of God and God's commands and how important they are to him still today. They are alive and well and active. 
1 John 5 verse 3 for the love of God for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome Matthew 22 verse 38 this is the first and greatest commandment um, then he talks about the love of the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself interestingly enough um, that wasn't a new commandment it even says I'm not writing you a new commandment uh, but an old one so those commandments where he says all of the law of Moses and the prophets hang on these things he's not giving a new commandment those laws to love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God were in the Old Testament he's just summing them up in fact it says um, we know that we love God's children by this when we love God and obey his commandments because the commandments show us how to love our neighbor <laughs> it's pretty simple um, Mark 7 verse 8, having left behind the commandment of God, you hold on to the tradition of men. So Jesus came and he spoke against the tradition of men, but not against the commandments of God. Romans 7 verse 12, so then the Torah is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 9, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping God's commands matters. 1 John 2 verse 3, now we know that we have come to know him by this if we keep his commandments. 1 John 2 verse 4, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. 1 John 3 verse 22, a beautiful promise. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we have kept his commandments and do what's pleasing in his sight. 2 John 1 verse 2, I was overjoyed to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we received commandment from the Father. And then it talks, even in Revelations, it continues on about the deceiver and Satan attacking those that follow the commands, that walk in the commands. Like, this is alive and active, and we have been lied to, and we have been deceived, saying that the law doesn't matter, God's commands don't matter, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just doesn't. If God has written the law on our hearts, clearly it's still important to him. Let's sum up with the promise of the freedom, because there is freedom still. There's there's beautiful freedom. And let's let's read into that. There Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life, I love that term, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So we are now no longer under the curse. That's amazing. That is the good news. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh, so the law was perfect, but it was weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, the spirit that writes the law on our hearts. He completed it. You see that, like, if you read this, if you study this, you see the completed picture that under the law, which was perfect and showed us what sin was, 
the law never atoned for big sins or weighty sins as, as Jesus puts it. It never atoned for that. You were just cursed to death. And, and we couldn't walk it out in our flesh. We couldn't do it. And that's why Christ Jesus had to come. That is the good news. It's beautiful. And now we're set free from our sinful nature so that we can walk in the Spirit, the Spirit that writes the law on our hearts, and we can obey the commands of God because where our flesh was weak, now the Spirit can fulfill it. And it's so good, and it just it comes complete circle. And it's so beautiful, and I just... I hope that you understand that it's it's a new thing for me and it is something that I'm super excited about and again it's that missing piece of the puzzle that didn't make sense before why did we pick and choose what law was written on our hearts how does this make sense that where we're free but then we get to do what we want that doesn't it doesn't make sense we're to walk in his ways and we're to follow his commands and they're not grievous and there are so many promises through the entire Bible that are given to those that walk in his ways and follow his commands and it's so good and the amazing thing is we're saved by grace through faith so don't forget that that is true we're going to heaven but there's more there is something more we're supposed to turn from our old ways we're supposed to become a new creation so what does that look like and i would love to explore that more with you hopefully next time we can kind of talk about that like okay if you're convinced now as i am what does that mean and i told god a couple weeks ago i'm all in i'm all in teach me your ways and so i'd love to explore that a little bit more with you i'm still very much learning but we start by reading the torah studying the Torah. There is a beautiful teacher on YouTube that you can go to if you want called Torah Class. He's super in-depth, but if you really want to dive in, um, he explains so much that we're that we're missing because he makes the Jewish connections and the connections to Christ, and it's just such a complete picture. So that's called Torah Class on YouTube. Look it up and... Yeah, until next time, be blessed, my friend. Dive into this, take it to God. I know that I'm trying to hammer this home over and over again, and I've talked about this before, but we need to get this. This is the foundation. When it talks about the word and standing on the word, this is it. So, love you guys.